left, right. What's up, guys? I want to thank you, first of all, for joining in this episode. Second of all, if you've been in touch with me and contact with me, which you unlikely have been because I've been quarantining, uh, I have tested negative, so you can rest at ease. Uh, I will see you guys on the other end. Thanks. This is Sip Talk. Grab a drink and enjoy. TikTok, we've got Instagram, we've got Facebook. Uh, if you're listening to this post-production, you've got us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts. I pray the audio checks out afterwards. Uh, we're waiting on James the Bosnier Boswell to join us. He'll be online shortly. Some technical issues in South Carolina. I wanted to cover some current events, catch up with you guys. I see Phil, I see Matt Abril, I see Debbie, Angeli, I see all you guys watching live. Uh, thank you for joining. Happy you're here. It looks like James is going to jump in and uh, let's get that situated. And then I want to share with you guys what's going on with the coronavirus. I may currently be contaminated with coronavirus going for a test tomorrow morning. Uh, I will fill you guys all in on this shortly. Let's see if we can admit James from the waiting room. What's up, Matt? What's up, Mary Jezenia? Uh, hey, all right, so we're back. Can you hear me? James, you got to let me up the audio here. You there? Yeah, can you hear me? I can hear you. We're live already, so uh, I'm glad you finally tuned in. Uh, I guess you're having some hardware issues? Yeah, I don't know what was going on. I just needed to reset the computer, and that fixed everything, so, cool. you know. So I was just kind of covering, uh, you know, we're going to uh, share that I may have been exposed to coronavirus. I'm going to get a test tomorrow. Uh, we'll have you talk about the test that you just got. But I want to know, because I've been eating a drink all day, what are you drinking down there? Drinking dark rum on the rocks. And what kind of rum? It is Barbados rum, I believe. Dorley's. Dorley's. Pretty good value. It was like maybe 18 bucks, but it's solid. I'm switching the camera here. I got a nice... Uh, Dorley's in there. I got a nice bottle of uh, hard bag here. Ooh. So it's the wee beastie. It's, it's not very well aged. Oh, you're going to be tasting it tomorrow. It's, uh, I had I had some already. It's absolutely phenomenal. So I just wanted to share the pour there, uh, get back on camera. And uh, I want to kind of get right into um, what's going on with coronavirus. So you recently got tested. Uh, this morning. You, oh, that was this morning. No shit. Uh, so a lot of people have been tested already. I have not been tested. Uh, it looks like I'm probably going in tomorrow for a test. I want to know, basically, what I see is they kind of stick this, they kind of ramrod this uh, Q-tip into your brain matter. Dude, uh, it's not a Q-tip, though. <laughs> I wish it was a Q-tip. So what's the deal? Um, well, how long, how, how deep would you say it goes in? in terms? Of I, I pushed it as far up as it would go. So like, if you would think like here, no, I, I probably got it all the way up to about level with my eye. Oh, okay. Um, 
And the thing oh, is, it's not. It yourself. You put it in yourself. Yeah, it was a drive-through testing place where, like, you have to administer the test yourself. And so, like, there's someone that, like, it's basically the drive-through pharmacy, but they also, so you got like the little pharmacy window with the speaker that comes out at you, and yeah. she's just like, "All right, so take the swab and then push it up your nose, push it up as far as it'll go, and kind of rotate it and everything for, and I'll count to 15, and you and do then a 15 she, second internal rotation up up your schnoz." Yeah. No, the thing is, if it was just like a soft Q-tip with yeah. like the soft cotton winding, it wouldn't have been so bad. But first of all, the cotton is like way harder. And I think that has to do with the second part that sucks, which is that it's treated with some chemical. I couldn't tell you what it is, but it's treated with some chemical that hardens the cotton and it becomes almost abrasive. And so I had it up there and I got I made it to 15 on the first one, but like I was already tearing up. And yeah. then she's like, all right, now do the other nostril. And so like, I push it up as far as I can go and I made it to about six. And then like, I, I was crying. It hurt so bad. I, next time, I, if I have to get COVID tested again, I'm going to find some way of doing a blood test because I would happily stab myself over oh, having to go through what, what I went through this morning. It I sucked. Would, I would definitely think of a blood. I don't know. The whole nose thing is is a bit anal thermometer to me. Oh, dude, um, it, it's funny that you mentioned that because in certain parts of China, they're actually doing butt swabs. Oh, God. Is that for uh, real? I can, yeah, I can send you the link. I don't... I don't it's, it's not a video. Don't worry. I have no interest in finding out more information. But yeah, if you think a nose swab is bad, that like in par- in certain parts of China, they're doing uh, rectal th- uh, swabs. So, so look, let me share with you what happened up here. Uh, I guess Manhattan got about a foot and a half of snow uh, over the last three days, where I am just outside of Manhattan, not just outside of Manhattan, a little ways outside of Manhattan. We, I don't know what we got here. I haven't been able to find an accurate snow map, mm-hmm. but um, I can tell you in certain areas, it was up to my waist. That's like two and a half feet at least. The, the wind here was so wild that there are there's areas that have that are like nothing because the wind has basically swept the snow away from them. Nowhere that I had to shovel was there nothing, but many of the <laughs> well, if there was nothing there, you wouldn't have shoveled. Well, the driveway is kind of in the bit of a valley, like there's hills on both sides of the driveway, so the driveway for the most part was two feet, two and a half feet, and I was out the door a little after nine o'clock yesterday because I wasn't going to shovel over the previous three days. I'm not going to shovel three times, which some people do. Um, but I went out there and I shoveled until like almost three o'clock. Uh, I got about four fifths of the way through. Like I had another 30 feet to go and the driveway is like 200 feet. So, um, and these four, four guys, uh, uh, you know, they rolled by, I'm, I'm going to hold back the politically correct. They, they were uh, some probably Mexican guys. They rolled up. There was five of them in an SUV and they kind of slowed down. I was waiting to flag down a plow. I was waiting for a plow to drive by and be like, hey, you need a hand? But this car full of guys, five guys, and uh, they didn't have burgers and fries. They had shovels. And they're like, you need a hand? And I'm like, yeah, I'm almost done though. And uh, they kind of, one of them, one of them got out of the car and he walked, he was like this deep because he walked through like the snowbank. and in the, you know, they tried to charge me 400 bucks, but I obviously negotiated way, way down and, uh, and they helped me and, and that was it. But today I haven't really been in the gym over the last year, a little less, but, um, 
I haven't had any real intense workouts and I've had to shovel one of the storms they had already. Today, my entire body hurts like aches. It hurts to breathe. My abs hurt, my shoulders, my chest, my back. So again, potential symptom that, you know, the, the beginning symptoms of coronavirus are flu-like symptoms, which can be, can be some body pains and aches. Um, or so, it could just be that you're out of shape from shoveling the snow. Well, I'm not out of shape from shoveling the snow. I'm it's, out of shape. It <laughs> <laughs> hurts to laugh. <laughs> Shit. Uh, I can't even cough. Um, but yeah, and then I, uh, I, I don't know. I had a couple of cocktails over the last few days, but the snow here was nonstop. Absolutely insane. Uh, it's been a long time, probably since when we lived back upstate. Um, that I've seen snow like this. So that was kind of cool. Um, but, uh, but yeah, dude, I got to get a snowblower. Yeah, it's going to spit a whole bunch of gravel everywhere too. Well, it's a gravel. I, I hit somebody up to get some, uh, uh, see, I'm doing things in my life that like, I guess as a kid who grew up in the suburbs, like I assumed that would kind of be like par for the course. But then I lived in Manhattan for so long. And, you know, a, a decade of being in New York City you just kind of like these things pass by and you just figure like they're from a different life. And now that I'm back in the suburbs and I'm just doing weird suburban shit that like I could never relate to. It just wasn't kind of like, like what? Uh, I don't know. Mowing the lawn, uh, you know, like cleaning the garage. I don't just weird taking the gar. You know, the last time I took out garbage, cause I can't remember before this place. You just walk down the hallway, you open a little door, you put the garbage in there and you forget about it. Now I got to save my garbage for a week and a half. And then I got to walk it down this giant driveway and sit, place it by the curb. I now have a relationship with the garbage that I'm saving this garbage for a week and a half. And I'm going through and separating the garbage and I have to save certain parts of the garbage, like the cans and the bottles and, um, and then there's other garbage that, and then I have to protect my garbage. Not only do, do I have this relationship where I'm saving it, I now have to protect it from intruders because there's some animal went through the garbage. There's fucking eggshells and shit that were all over my driveway the next day. Um, just wild shit, I'm protecting them. And then I got to carry it to the end of the, the, the driveway. So it's just, it's weird shit that like, I just completely forgot about in life. I don't, I can't even remember what I did with garbage growing up. I don't, I don't remember at all. I don't remember carrying it out to the driveway. I don't, it's completely erased from my memory what I did with garbage. This is an entirely new experience. Um, so, so look, let's, uh, we're going to talk about the vaccine a little bit because um, a lot of anti-vax out there and, and a growing population that is anti-vax, which I think is wild that it to me it's kind of like a flat earther type uh type argument because most of the anti-vaxxers probably have been vaccinated or benefited from vaccines at some point in their life everyone benefits from vaccines even if you're not even if you're not vaccinated yourself well exactly so um but you know i i don't know that and maybe there are i don't know of any studies that make a correlation between um vaccines and what's what are they saying vaccines cause they say that vaccines cause autism and they, they absolutely don't um all the any of the studies that claim to have been 
so thoroughly debunked? Yeah, that's, that's, you know, again, the way that science works is somebody finds something that seems like a correlation and then everybody, including them, try to disprove it. Yeah. But you may do a test and find that three people who had a blue shirt on that day, you may do a coronavirus test and three of the people that came in for coronavirus had a blue shirt on. And then you're like, well, I noticed a lot of people with blue shirts had coronavirus. So maybe coronavirus is proved by, you know, having blue shirts on. And everybody's like, that's preposterous, which it is. And then they quickly prove it wrong. However, the results from that study might have gone out saying that three people who came in for coronavirus tests were wearing a blue shirt. And then the people that believe that are your equivalent to your, the flat earthers. Mm-hmm. And when the remaining studies, the 18 studies that came after that, saying obviously shirt color has nothing to do with coronavirus. Um, yeah, but what about that one study that did? That, but that's not how science works. No, but that's not, but that's science, science working in people that are anti-vax. It's the exact opposite. Like people that are anti-vax are basically anti-science as well. And they will try and use scientific reasoning to prove their point but it's all bastardized science. But that's not what science is. And that's, that's why you got to separate science. So can you, can you just share a little bit? Cause you, you said you had a friend that, because basically the way the, they have this vaccine for the coronavirus isn't a lot like other vaccines. Am I, am right. I wrong on that? So for the longest time, the way that vaccines were made was they would find a way of getting the virus or the bacteria that causes the disease. And they would either take dead versions or severely weakened versions of the virus or bacteria and then reproduce it and then put it into a liquid that would get injected. And your body would basically have a chance to recognize the virus, but the virus would be rendered basically impotent. And your body would say, oh, I see that thing and I should fight against it. And it's, it would be like a boxing match where your opponent has both of his hands tied behind his back. And so it says, here, I'm going to teach you how to beat up this guy, and he can't fight back. And then in the future, if you're ever fighting that guy with both of his hands not tied behind his back, you're like, well, I know all this trick, so I'm going to still win. Exactly. And so you, you guys- your body builds up the antibodies and the resistance to the virus on easy mode. And then once it wins on easy mode, it can win on hard mode. It's so look, if you guys are watching us right now and you're skeptical about the coronavirus vaccine, let's James, James and I are talking right now about how regular vaccines work. And very so simply, this put, new they're one. Putting, they're put hold up, very simply put. And, it, and again, it, I, I'm very curious on your guys' questions here and your skepticism because I'm seeing it on TikTok. Uh, I don't quite see it on, on Instagram right now, but I'm seeing the TikTok conversation about some skepticism about the coronavirus vaccine. But a, a basic vaccine works that they have either dead um, virus cells or compromised virus cells, and they're putting those in your body. Your body learns how to deal with them. And what, if it comes around again, your body's got it, it's taken mm-hmm. care of. So the coronavirus is a little different. Yeah, so I was talking, I've got a friend who was a doctor in India, and she's currently working on getting her doctor's license in the United States. So she has to do her residency. She's already passed the boards. She knows her stuff. Um, and I was, she's gotten both rounds of the vaccine. And I asked her before she got her first round, I was like, so what's your opinion on this? Is it safe? It's safe. like, they, they kind of rushed through this process. Like, 
I, I have some questions about whether or not they actually checked all the boxes here or if they just did it for political expediency. And she explained to me how it worked, where it's an mRNA vaccine. So RNA is different than DNA. It's a single strand versus a dual strand. And basically, to make it really simple, the way it works let's is... Back let's back up. So DNA... DNA is what's in your cells, and that's what tells your cells how to reproduce, and the, it's the blueprint for what the cell is supposed to do. So it's a RNA is different. the instruction manual for your cells. Yes. I don't... And, um, I forget what RNA does. It doesn't really matter for the purpose of this discussion. Um, <laughs> I think it has something to do with like the way that proteins are built, but I'm not an expert here. I, I have no medical background, so don't listen to, to me on this one. Neither but one. I'm going to parrot her, her, um, her talking points about the RNA vaccine, which basically when you inject the MNR, mRNA vaccine, like in the traditional way, your body builds up antibodies to these viruses and bacteria by fighting them directly. Even though they're weakened, your body's fighting them directly. And it produces antibodies based on that fight. The mRNA vaccine basically says, hey, I'm just going to inject something that teaches your body how to make these antibodies. You don't even need the virus in you. We're just going to put basically a catalyst in you that's going to trigger your body to make the antibodies. So they're, and not, so, yeah, they're not even putting coronavirus into you. Nope. Your regular vaccine. And this coronavirus is a type of COVID-19 is a type of coronavirus. And this is a vaccine that they've actually been working on for a very long time. Um, vaccines to fight coronaviruses. So this vaccine, basically how they're doing it has already been the mechanism in which this vaccine works has already been in production. They've been working on it. Um, I'm guessing you're Googling something important. I do I'm want texting to the DERF because I'm, I'm, I'm telling them that I'm going to give them a two-minute warning when we're ready. So you mentioned that your friend studied uh, medicine in India. She was they, a practicing doctor in India. To my younger mind would say, well, India is a, is a third world country or, or a developing nation. And obviously, you know, their education system, you know, probably her doctorate is probably equivalent to our high school education. That's what younger me would think. But now knowing where how the U.S. educational system looks and where the rest of the world is in terms of their education system. I want you, I want anybody to, if anybody has been to college recently, I want you to think about the Asian kids. Uh, and I'm going to throw India in there because India is part of Asia. So the the Asian and Indian kids in your college, uh, I think by far, those are hands down the best students. So just to kind of put things into perspective, uh, your brother can join. We're going to talk about uh, the stocks in just a minute, but I did want to talk about uh, this vaccine a little bit because I was a bit skeptical to get the vaccine, but I mean, I'm not, I, I'm not rushing out the door to do it. Okay. Like After, so my office had three people test positive in the last week. So now I'm thinking a vaccine would be really sweet because then I wouldn't have to worry about this anymore. And that, then I wouldn't even have to get tested anymore. Like today once was enough. I'm done. Yeah. Well, um, okay. So let me, let me just hit, hit some of the comments here that we got on, uh, on TikTok. If you guys are watching anywhere else, just hang tight. Uh, all right, just been keeping an update on my friends. I've had all types of vaccines before, but this one I'm not sure. It was done so fast and too many. 
I understand. I don't have. Uh, I don't have it. I, I get the concern about it being too fast, yeah. but when, when I have a friend who's a doctor who's forgotten more about medical knowledge than I'll ever learn, and she says it's totally okay, and she's gone through both doses and everything, and like out of a million doses, I think three people have had like moderate to severe adverse reactions. Um, three out of a million is pretty good odds. But that could be that could mean nothing to do with this vaccine. That could just it, it, well, it could be really the only people that shouldn't be getting it from what I've been hearing is people that already have like kind of allergy. Uh, if you have severe allergies or whatever, you might want to stay away from it because they have found that like people that already have allergies have had some reactions to it. But if you don't have allergies, this thing's completely safe, and you should do it. Yeah, I, I think that if you're a generally normal person with no health, you know, no health issues, it to me just like you could pretty much get a, get away with everything. You're yeah. in the in the like the bottom percentile of likeliness for pretty much anything, which means you can take risks that most people can't. Yeah, right? and pretty much any doctor, like obviously you should talk to your own doctor to make sure that it's okay for you, but like ask any doctor and say, would you get the vaccine? And probably 99.9% .9 of them are going to say yes, or I already have. Yeah, exactly the case. Um, so I just wanted to, uh, I wanted, we were talking, you just, we're talking about the weather. I want to get out of the coronavirus thing. We're going to bring your brother on a little bit because we want to give a quick stock update. Let's bring him in right now. For anybody who, um, who was watching GameStop and AMC. Um, cause those are, those are obviously pretty wild stocks. Your brother has a drink on board. I hope if not, you better tell him he's got to, he's got to grab a drink. Um, so we're about to bring James brother on who has, is he big into stocks? Just recently he, he, he's done a little bit of trading on the side here and there, but it wasn't until this last week or week and a half that his interest really got peaked. Okay, so I and I think it's gonna I think it's gonna be a valuable perspective from kind of a new trader uh, who jumped on board uh, basically when the stock market looked like it got really easy and it looked like us people were in control because somebody posted something on Reddit. You know, now the people are in control. We've taken the power out of the hands of uh, the you know private equity and and things like that. And, and, you know, now that we've taken the power away from them, the every man can just win in the stock market. So, um, okay. So it looks like he's on board. Uh, we're going to bring in David Boswell, brother of James, the Bosnator Boswell. Uh, all right. He's coming in. Let's see how this is going to look on the screen here. This might get a bit dicey. So if you guys are watching live. There we go from sunny Sacramento. David, what's up, man? Can you hear us? I can hear you. Can you hear me? We, we, can, we can hear you very well. So Beautiful. I want to kind of build a bit of a narrative around exactly what happened because uh, I just, I'd like to have you share your experience a little bit with the stock market. And James was saying that you didn't quite play the stock market play the stock market, invest in the stock market much before the last week or so. And he said you kind of got nailed the nuts here when it comes to GameStop. Well, it's it's an open question as to where the nuts are, if if they're still there to be whacked any further. Um, by the way, I do have a drink. 
Um, it's a pretty basic one. I, I call it the distressed trader and it's whiskey. I have a couple drops of bitters in there. I thought that would be a nice little metaphor for, for my tears over losing money. And it is served the same way my stocks are currently trading on the rocks. <laughs> well, well played there. Um, so so uh, let, you don't have to give specific numbers, but I'm curious kind of what, what you were doing before uh, you leveraged a bit more into the GameStop thing. And then what happened, what your mentality was when you kind of dropped some more money in there. All right. So my investing background started before Robinhood was ever really even a thing. Um, just with the car dealership I used to work at. That was my first experience with a 401k. And right now, finally in the last week, I've left that job four or five years ago. But just now, because of all this, am I finally getting my crap together, getting my old 401ks from my old jobs where they were all scattered and segregated and actually going to do something with them. So oh, investing, oh, I've- let, let me, so you, you took the, you pulled out of the 401k? I don't know anything about it. No. Actually, so. so the money that I pissed away this week was money that I had in the checking account. Um, the 401k money, that's all tied up. Pre-tax dollars, let it grow, compound interest, earlier start, the better. Every financial advisor will tell you that. Uh, I just left it and let it sit. And it's grown about 15, 20% per year, just letting it sit. But it's money that I still can't touch. I can't pull out without a very strong tax penalty, 10% early, unless I have an excuse. Um, and then I'm still paying income tax on it. So I just let those be. Uh, this week, like you said, this is really the first time I really dove in. I had a couple penny stocks, a couple Bank of America stocks um, on, on Robinhood, but never in dollar amounts that, hey, it went up 50%. Sweet, I just made $2.50. All right. Um, this is the first time I've gone in with any kind of volume that could lead to big profits or the alternative, which we're seeing unfold. So, so then let me ask, did you have, so what I did was I, I dropped, um, again, I don't, I don't trust the stock market. I just wanted to put some money in to see if, uh, if anything, I have some money in Weeble. Um, yep. And I like Weeble. It's, it's to me, uh, something about it, I just kind of like it a little more than Robinhood. So I always push Weeble. Um, but I, I said, you know what? I'm going to give Robinhood a shot because if I put some money in Robinhood, I can trade. If I don't like Robinhood, I can transfer it to Weeble. And by transferring mm -hmm. my portfolio, I actually, uh, they're going to give me free stock or give me like $100 in free stock, something along those lines in Weeble. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to throw the money into Robinhood because basically the same. And then at some point, I'll just transfer the portfolio into Weeble. So as, and this is what my question is for you. I just threw 2,500 bucks at, um, at Robinhood and you know when it appeared in the account? Yesterday. When? Yesterday. It took, it took okay. like a week plus to, to make, yeah, about a week, about a week to get it into the account because they were so delayed um which i, I yeah the timing on that was that would have a big impact there's a couple ways you could get around that um one if you weren't a gold member on Robinhood before it's five dollars a month they give you a couple more analytics but they also give you up to five thousand dollar cash credit for a deposit so it might not hit the account yet but you can still trade with it uh, there's some other restrictions yeah. that go into that whether it's good faith dollars like if the dollars have cleared but that gets into things that are above my pay grade Okay. So, so, so then what did you do? You put the money, you, the money was already there 
or you have the gold account that just went in like Money was in my checking account. I did the free trial for the gold account so I could have the instant credit, $5,000 in. Five minutes later, I was trading. Oh, well, all right. Unlucky you. All right, so then what? Um, then Thursday happens, which we talked about last week when we got clobbered by Robinhood restricting the sales. And if anyone could go back to last Friday and imagine how much they kneecapped us then, we were still riding high. The momentum was still there. The hype was still there. If you had known on Friday what was going to happen Monday and Tuesday, where it drops to $85, $80, 78 I think was the low point, you, you would have shit yourself more than you did the last two days so um, because you could, have, you, you could have unloaded. What, so, but that's what happened. What happened was yeah. this is a stock that the people were in control of. It was in the news. Everybody wanted to invest. The every man had taken over the true Robin Hood story, robbing from the rich, giving to, giving to the every man. They're ripping off these hedge funds, ripping off, you know, all this private money and the stock's going up. And then Robinhood says, we're no longer taking trades on this stock. And well, you, they're, well, saying, they're no longer, your they're, they're, no, <laughs> they're not allowing you to buy. So they cut off all the upwards pressure. And when you only have people selling, you only have half the equation and it plummeted. Yeah, there's and only one direction yeah. to go. So they only it recovered from there. They only allow people to only so much. sell the stock. They stopped allowing people to buy the stock. And what I was trying to drive mm -hmm. home when we were talking about the stock market in episode 72, how the stock market works, I was saying that, you know, James was talking about like Merrill Lynch accounts and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, but like the normal person trades from their fucking iPhone. Like, you know, they're not, most of these people don't have a financial... So, some people do, but the people that are going to jump in on a uh, GameStop stock are probably trading from their iPhone and they're downloading the most popular apps, which is by far Robinhood, maybe Webull as a distant second. Um, but they're trading on this app that now doesn't let you buy and everybody can see where that's going. If people can't buy, what's there to do is sell. Well, and, and then they eventually, they started by relaxing the restrictions from buying zero shares to from one to five to 10. So they gradually allowed buys to come back in, but the damage had already been done. Yeah, they stopped the, they stopped the momentum. Yep. That's sometimes all you need to do. So they then, then, then fill us in. Sorry, I'm sorry to keep interrupting. I'm just trying to kind of comprehend the mentality and, and, and where, where your mind was while this was happening. Well, Thursday after we took a, a hammering, we actually felt pretty okay about it because on Wednesday after it shot up to the high of what was it, James, like 469, pushing 500. Um, everyone was feeling really good. They said, look, we got a ton of attention in the news today. Be ready for some shit tomorrow. So you were primed to ignore what was right in front of your face. The, the numbers are screaming, hey, it's not going to come back up like it did before. The momentum's gone. But you have this really, really addictive echo chamber in Wall Street Bets where every single voice that's saying, hey, guys, maybe shut the hell up, get out of the room. They're immediately down to the comments, deleted, banned from the subreddit. So it was a very, very strong echo chamber. Well, that's and we all happening. like to think that it is. It is. But you are getting some due diligence that actually says hey maybe we should and they're not getting screamed out of the room immediately like the post is actually staying up and people are saying 
uh, thanks for posting this. It's some dose of reality that we might need right now. Because if you look at it, look, I'm still bullish on it. I'm still holding because at this point, selling is only going to cement my losses. I think there's a good case to be made for this going back up in the two to $300 range. But can we, I don't see it happening this week, but holding so, right now is really the only strategy. But the holdout works when you're talking about a large company that their financial, that their fate in general is not known. Now, I, I truly think that GameStop has the opportunity right now. They are in the spotlight everywhere that they could make a very kind of outrageous business move. And people would be, and because it's on the radar of everybody, they're just, if they just started like streaming video games or download video games or just giving like tons of free shit to their, to their customers. So, do you guys remember Sega Channel? No, I do. So, we had Time Warner Cable growing up, and if you had a Sega, you could plug somehow plug it into your cable box, and you could stream a channel from cable. I don't even know the mechanics of how this works. You could stream a channel from cable through the Sega, and it would give you full games, and they were just transferring data, basically, through the cable wire. Um, they would give you nice. full games and a shit ton of trial games. And you could play through your Sega and you wouldn't have to go to the store. And this is like... It was so ahead of its time. It was like 1990. Uh, let me just Google this. Second yeah. Well, while you're on that topic, like the thing about GameStop is that like it's run up and it's in, yeah, it's explosion is not a fundamental event. So there's basically two types of stock events that happen. There are fundamental events and then there are technical events. Fundamentals are when you look at the actual financials of the company and say... They don't have that much debt. They've got plenty of cash to cover their, their, their liabilities and their earnings are continuing to increase. Their profitability is increasing. That's a fundamental analysis. And, that, and so when a stock goes up because it had a good quarter and it, it blew its sales out of the water or whatever, and it has a big pop, that's a fundamental event. What happened with GameStop had very little to do with fundamentals. Because if you do a fundamental analysis on GameStop, you don't come anywhere near a 90 or $100 valuation, let alone three or 400. But it was a technical event where it was shorted over 100%. And people realized that if they drove the price up on GameStop enough, it would cause the shorts to have to cover their positions, which would only increase the price further, leading to more shorts to having to cover their positions ad nauseum. So it's a spiral where shorts have to cover and pushes the price up, causing more shorts to have to cover. And so it was a momentum event. And that's why people are still holding is because there's still a relatively high short interest. How much at this point, we don't really know. But like I'm a holder because I believe that there's still room left for the shorts to have to exit at a loss that might drive the price up a little bit more. And there's also, um, when it comes to options, there, there was another technical event that happened with options related to what's called the gamma squeeze, where when option prices hit a certain amount, people have to buy more shares to cover the options, driving the price up. So you had kind of two things happening at the exact same time that served to drive the stock price way, way up. And the, the, the thesis that people are, for the people that are holding, what we're hoping for is that this week, most of the sell-off has been between hedge funds with hedge, hedge funds selling back and forth to each other and the retail market not really selling out of their positions. And so people are hoping that enough retail shares are still out there 
that are going to need to get bought up forcefully by shorts covering, that retail is still going to be able to command some kind of a price higher than what it is right now. That's the position that people are hoping for. Sure. Whether or not it comes to pass, who knows? So, so let me just, Sega Channel 1994, they're saying. I'm thinking like 96 or so, 98, maybe when we're using I don't know if it even lasted that long, but they're saying 94. Uh, and it was for four years that it lasted. So up until 96, 98. Um, but they were streaming games. So as far as I'm concerned, and I, I, I used to walk by a GameStop every single day in Midtown Manhattan. And I still walk by and they usually have these badass like life-size superhero figures, which a life-size superhero figure is still seven foot tall. So it's like a little bigger than life-size. They have like Iron Man, Spider-Man, like all these good guys, bad guys. Um, and it's badass. I'm just like looking in the windows. I'm like, man, if I ever had, you know, $4,000 to buy a seven foot action figure and I could bring this home on my motorcycle, I totally would buy this thing. Um, but outside of that, I just would walk by GameStop and think, this is blockbuster. People that's one way to look at it. And that's how the, the one big thing to remember on this is the guy who started this whole thing off deep fucking value on Wall Street Bets. He didn't start this last September. He started this a year and a half ago. He looked at the company, said this company is undervalued. He bought these 18 months ago, the calls that made him a millionaire. One of the things that stuck me with what he said was people are looking at this like blockbuster. They're looking at GameStop and saying it's dead. They're not looking at it as having the guy who founded Chewy turned into a $3 billion business while fighting with Amazon in the delivery space, coming in, buying 13% of the share, 7% of the shares, 13. I think Might it was eight. It up. But All right. He, he so, bought millions so, so. and millions of dollars worth of shares, bringing people onto the board. People are looking at this like it's a dead company as opposed to what it could be. Look at it like this. If, if you had a company that said, hey, we're getting into the gaming space as this new shiny startup that just got this huge infusion. You have this awesome e-commerce guru. He's bringing people on from Amazon Web Services. When was and what, what do you mean when? Late what part? You said somebody invested into GameStop. When was this? Yeah, Ryan Cohen, he bought in, out what, James, mid-summer last year. And that's what caused the shorts. The shorts are like, oh, we've got some fanboys looking at this e-commerce guy. They're going to overbet on the stock. And that's why they got into the short position because they said, oh, we're going to screw the fanboys. No, this is just Tesla all over again. And a bad analogy to use on their side because when they shorted Tesla, Tesla blew out earnings and made a bunch of millionaires off the Wall Street bets last year too. So there's a lot of parallels and that's what's actually really confusing right now on the Wall Street bets, especially being myself, fucking novice trader, is there are so many different opinions and not knowing the fundamentals of it they're very well written. They're very persuasive. And you can have 100% divergent arguments that sound equally plausible. And even the people who are there are saying, guys, I've been on the sub since it started. I do this professionally. I actually don't know what to think right now or who to believe. There's so much information out there and no one knows what's right. Well, that's, I think you have to construct a kind of narrative of what's happening. It sounds like you, you know a lot more about the, the backside of this than I do. But you want need to kind of understand what's been happening and then predict what's going to happen. And I think no one could have predicted what happened with Robin Hood, which I think was the biggest wild card that yeah. fucked people like you 
And fuck Clearly. people like me. Like I could have jumped yeah. in at, at something and, and, and thrown some money in there and made something. I was only, you know, I, like I said, I threw in 2,500 bucks. I would have been fine if I made 500 bucks because it would have been finally something I, I went at, you know? Yeah. Been, uh, well, not only did it screw people out of the momentum, but when they had that canceled, as you said, how many days did it take for your cash to clear? If you didn't know about the transfer option of having Robinhood Gold and you just got all your money in, you're about to buy on Thursday morning. Shit, I can't buy. I just got my transfer into the account. It's going to take another five days to transfer it out. I literally have no buying power. They kicked people out of the market. It wasn't just that one platform. They held on to their money so they couldn't buy elsewhere. I was lucky that on Wednesday night, I went to Fidelity and opened and funded an account. And by morning, my money was in there and I could trade the next day. Lucky is not the right word. It just got me more deep in the shit as I am right now. But if it had gone well, it would have been a, a genius play. So, so let me know. ask you this. Let me ask you this. Because as far as, as far, and I'm looking at this very short-sightedly, um, because I think a lot of people got fucked on GameStop, actually, which yeah, is yeah. not the plan. But, I would say the vast, vast, vast majority. I'd say 95.5. But now you have a lot more people that are invested in GameStop that actually care about the company? No. Maybe. Maybe. I, 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 honestly, Single I Single digit percentage. I, I, here, look, if you never played video games, I don't play video games. I used to love video games. I still love video games. I just don't have... If, if I had like, uh, what do you call it? Like a holiday week, like an Easter vacation, like a summer vacation or a winter vacation. And I had like nothing to do. Like I didn't have 5,000 fucking things to do around the house or for the company. You can bet your fucking ass. I go out and buy a console or get a better computer and buy some games and dick around playing games. I don't have that in my life. I don't have that free time in my life. Right. I deal with stuff like this and stuff related to work. But I still think video games are cool. Now, a lot of people play video games. I have a feeling that somewhere along 85 to 90% of the people that have recently invested in GameStop are video game people. And I think that's I push it lower. I, I, think I think you had a lot, a lot of people buying in on the hype. I don't know if they're, they're gamers. I don't think people are going to buy in on the. I don't think that many people are going to buy in on the hype. Let me ask you a question. No, a lot of people did. If, if My Little Pony became like a stock that was, would you jump on it? Or would you be like, yeah, all right. If you tell me it's going to jump 1,400% in a month, I will yeah. <laughs> I'll sell a kidney. You don't yeah. need to. <laughs> I just, I think that, I think the passion was what I'm, I, what I'm saying is a lot of people that hold the stock right now are, um, are like people that were, are pretty serious about, about games up. A lot some, of people. That, some. Lot of people I, I don't that, think the majority. A lot of people that dropped out that sold the stock, which is why its its value has decreased. Probably not your diehard. So what I'm saying is, right now, the majority of people that hold stock in GameStop care about video games. And well, I, I think. I think that glosses over the bigger point that there is growth here because again, if you look at it like a startup as opposed to a dead business, that's a really big advantage the second thing do you know who the the person ninja is do i know nick ninja no he's the, no one the streamer ninja. i have no one yeah the, the streamer in their name by not way. okay that that's that's fair and that's a legitimate response for people of our age because also I, I also for the juvenile. record I, I know no ninjas that just go by a regular name i don't know any ninjas 
Well, you wouldn't know it if they did. Otherwise, they'd be shitty ninjas. Moving on. <laughs> this guy is he's a video game streamer. All he does is play video games, comment on them, and he makes millions of dollars. Granted, he's a good gamer. Like he wins at what is it? Fortnite, James? That's whatever. One of the main ones, yeah. Whatever. He he plays these games, makes millions of dollars streaming. This guy PewDiePie, whatever. Ninja. You don't know who the hell he is. He was the guy in New Year's <laughs> New Year's Eve this year who did the dropping of the ball. They got him. Like they wanted him to do it. That's how. Yeah, he tried to get the entire Times Square to floss. Uh, I mean, I didn't like him before, and that Floss doesn't change dance, anything. Right? Floss in a dance. I'm I'm so out of tune with things. Floss is a dance. It's, it's all very, it's all very very stupid. Um, but yeah. you also have the pandemic that just happened, and people are stuck inside. You have people, and I don't think it was because of, well, possibly because of Bitcoin, but people trying to buy high-end uh, video cards for processing graphics on these new latest generation games. You cannot get one at list price if it's one of the higher end. You're paying two, three hundred percent on eBay to even get your hands on one. Uh, what else do you have going on? Um, do, 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 do. I had something for this. Uh, to be our algo. I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot a little bit because you guys went pivot. for about twenty. Uh, you 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 lost about uh, let's see eighty percent of the viewers when we got kind of technical on uh, GameStop and and the Ninja guy. So makes I don't know my sixty five percent makes my sixty five percent loss seem not so bad. Yeah. Well. Um, so uh, David, we're gonna we're gonna keep you here. We're hoping to bring you back on on the next episode because we want to talk about some politics. We know you're yeah, a poli sci guy. Um, we're gonna bring back Adam Sindaband from uh, the previous some previous episodes in uh, the first season of, of Sip Talk. Um, but I want to talk to James and I. We weren't gonna we we weren't gonna jump right today into the stock market and kind of updating people with what happened. We were gonna talk about some pet peeve things because um, you know basically what what James and I do is we think all day every day about what we're going to talk about in sit talk and come up with nothing and then for about an hour before we go live we just like hard hardcore brainstorm and it's called uh, panicking really <laughs> and then i usually sit in front of a computer for about 45 minutes doing some research and making some notes but james brought up a really good point uh you had some rain down 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 uh down south right yeah, you know, Sacramento did too. So, but but what what was it now? Now, James, this is one of my pet peeves. James, so James used a phrase that to me is akin to like bust your chops, whereas I would say pet peeves or bust your balls. James would say bust your chops or grind my gears. Yeah, grinded my gears. <laughs> you know, grind uh, my gears. Yeah. So that, that that was one of the ideas for this episode. Was that this is the grind my gears episode? Yeah. This, uh, this is the pain, of, right. the pain of the asshole. Uh, so, but but what was what what ground your gears? Oh, I was driving um, around Charleston the other night. It was pouring rain at like eight o'clock at night, so pitch black and a downpour. And I'm on the highway, and there's the highway is 60 miles an hour. It's pouring rain. So most people are driving slower than that. I'm not. Um, and there's a car in the right lane, probably doing 40 to 45 miles an hour with its hazard lights on driving. Of course, of course it does. And 
I'm just like, I know that you think you're trying to be safer by making it clear that like, hey, here I am and I'm driving slow. But like every time the, the hazard lights blinked, I looked over at it because I'm like, what are you doing? And if he had just been driving normally without his without the blinkers on, just with his lights on, I would have been like, all right, cool, you're moving slow, I'm going to go by you. But every well, single well, time the lights blink, I'm like, you think you're being safer, but you're actually being more dangerous. Let me, let me ask you a question, because I like to kind of understand psychology, and somebody's like, oh, you should be in there too. I'm just, I want you to paint a better picture here. So you were going about how fast? 60, 65. And so you're going over the speed limit in a, in a, you know, in a rain zone, which is fine as rain. Everybody else in the left lane was going the same speed I was. Which car were you in? Passat. Okay. Uh, how new are your tires? The front tires are super new. Okay. Um, good tires, good tires or decent tires? I don't know. I haven't talked to him recently. <laughs> uh, but I, I, you didn't buy shit. Sometimes I bought like shit tires before. No, they're pretty. I, I, I'm sure they're decent tires. All right. Now, sometimes car, you also took them from the Jeep dealership, so I'm not sure that falls into. But <laughs> so the the yeah, skip over. What you pay for? Um. So we're going to. Uh, I want you. Fuck, David. Come on, man. So, um, the statute of limitations has expired. You can calm down. Yeah, it was seven years. <laughs> all right. You're well past I, seven I, years. I, all right. So, if, if we pass the, stat, pass the statute of limitations, as a, as a high school, I was very lucrative with purchasing new tires. Um, <laughs> sure. So, so let, me, let, me, let me ask you about the car that you passed. Was it a newer vehicle? Yeah, it looked like a relatively late model Jeep, like a like a Jeep, like a newer Cherokee. Wait, so this is like an Jesus. off-road vehicle? What? This is an off-road vehicle. Uh, in name only. Fair enough. That's what Jeeps are. Right? Alle allegedly. Same, same thing with Range Rovers. You know, Aspirationally. Right? Yeah. Okay. So, all right, and but it was late, as in you mean recent? Yes. Okay. All right. Interesting. Um. So, yeah, a lot of times I get the drive slower thing, but the fact that you're putting on your flashes, your hazard lights is an additional distraction, especially with the rain, the rain, your windshield. Um, that shit drives me absolutely nuts. Yeah, it was just every three quarters of a second, my windshield would light up with this bright yellow light from these guys' blinkers. But James, are you, are you talking 526? Yeah. As if to imply... Yeah, then uh, there's surface roads, and you shouldn't have been on the highway if you don't want to go over 40. There's and surface if, roads you can take. Get off the highway. All right. Is it to imply, though, that he didn't know what his regular taillights did, you know, in general? Um, but but there's something about poor weather, you know, uh, drivers that how people drive in adverse conditions that I, you know, I don't quite understand, um, especially when it is the first of. So we all grew up in upstate New York. You guys a bit more so in the mountains, but me only by a couple of miles difference. But, you know, we commuted between each other's houses often enough. We spent a lot of time driving in the snow. And getting two feet of snow was not a rare occurrence. It was a multi-seasonal occurrence. Not uh, two feet. One foot, sure. Two feet was pretty rare. You, I would say you got two feet of snow often enough. And you also lived in the mountains, so that that one way, 
what was it, Blue Factory? You couldn't you couldn't take during a snowstorm. No, you yeah, like, you wouldn't want to try going up it. James, yeah. on your old Passat, I burnt rubber on South Road on the ice trying to get it up because your front tires were so damn bald. I had to dad come and get out. I was like 16. You were in Spain. Yeah. So, so I got a comment for you. I got a comment for you. Um, blondes have more fun. And I'm going to push back on this comment. Said pet peeve, and she's right so in this, is when you clean your driveway during a snowstorm and the plows shove it right back in. Fair enough. That's a pet peeve. However... The alternative is they just don't plow the main roads, <laughs> right? Well, no, the alternative is you wait until the plow goes by and then you shovel the drive. No, but the plow is the same by. amount of work. The plow is going to keep going by. The plow is still going it, by. This it's easier to do it after you've cleaned out the rest of the oh, driveway so you don't have the ice and salt shit um, at the bottom that you have to do. It's easier to have that just be like the last thing to clean up after they screw over your driveway. So, but so here's here's what I wanted to touch on when it came to four drivers, and then and then maybe we can move on. Let's if you guys got more pet peeves, we should do a whole episode on pet peeves. Actually. You know what grinds my gears? <laughs> we're 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 New York Jews, Justin. How much time do you have? Uh, <laughs> look, I'm in Manhattan. I I, I know. <laughs> we made it to five hours one night. Um. So, uh, what what I think they should consider doing is. Uh, graduated DMV tests, driver's license tests, and uh, you know I think I think it'd be a really good idea that every ten years you have to take another uh, driver's license test to stay licensed. Yeah, that's and a pretty a popular concept, age, actually. At a certain age, like say sixty-five, you have to do it every five years. Because obviously you start declining faster. Now I believe this is a popular concept, but I wonder why it's not more popular. And I wonder if that's the auto industry because there's going to be less car sales if there's less people on the road. No, it's that uh, old people have a really strong lobby. Yeah, who votes? I don't. Uh, but I don't think we've ever voted against that, have we? Um, it's never even been brought to table because any legislator that wants to do so is just going to get crucified by the AARP. There's an entire South Park about this exact is idea. It, is it really? It's, yeah, the AARP takes over South Park, and the only way to get them out is to close the, the ground round, so they starve. Uh, what is the ground round? That's not very familiar. <laughs> That's an old person restaurant. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the dinner service starts at 2.30 in the afternoon. They close around 5.30, and they don't have very many stragglers after 4.50, so. Um, really? Yeah, and, all right, well, all right, fair enough. So ground round, uh, you know, I, I swear I've had birthday parties at the ground round, actually. Yeah, um, who booked the uh, reservation? Was it your grandparents? I, this is a long time ago. I'll have to dig They're up. probably your grandparents. I'll have to dig I, up. I, some- I actually specifically remember grandma and grandpa taking us there. Oh, yeah, multiple times. So yeah, for, uh, for birthdays, guys, yep. If you're watching live, I want to know any pet peeves that you have. I'm very curious. What grinds your gears? Uh, what day-to-day issue is a pain in your ass? Um, and what I want to do is I want to do a whole episode on pet peeves because we did a rant episode before. Um, I, I think we got some comments actually today through the YouTube video. Uh, and I forget the title of the episode. It was uh, like like a quick rant or something like that. It wasn't quick. It was like an hour. 
we kind of both got into it, just about shit that's going on with coronavirus and and everything else. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put put some stories up on Instagram uh, for people to share with me some of their biggest pet peeves. And I think we'll turn that into an episode. What do you guys think? James. Davis. Yeah, sure. Real quick, piggybacking off of James's, God, people who drive five under in the left lane, just getting that out there. Well, people that do five over in the left lane still. Yo, this is something that you I've only seen in Charleston, is people that will ride their brakes through a green light. <laughs> like, the light's green. But I think, it, I, I'm going to tell you, I think there's a lot of two-foot drivers out there. And not, not yeah. driving manual transmission. But yeah, but I, I, I get it. But even still, like, the, the light's green. Everyone's moving through the intersection, and you feel the need to break through the green light. Yeah. I like how inept Charleston drivers are that you get two mile backup on 526 every day, not because there's an accident, but because the bridge has a slight little bit of elevation. Yeah. And people don't give enough gas. So you have a little bit of a slowdown, a little bit of a slowdown by the end of, I mean, yeah, because then when you get on the other side back. of the bridge, it eases there's up. Nothing. There's nothing. Yeah. And the just, there's a hill. The, bottom, and the cop sits at the bottom of the other side of the bridge. And pulls one person after the other person after the other person. And you know what, what gets me is people who always, no matter what speeds are happening, hit the brake when they change lanes. That that I think is something that people don't realize uh, as often. But there are people that just when they change lanes go into fear mode. There's no, they're not they're not assessing the traffic. They're not assessing traffic flow. They just like I don't want to be in this lane. I'm afraid to change lanes and they change lanes with fear. If you're changing lanes, I don't think it should be a fear thing. Can't say that that behavior is something I pick out terribly. Gotta, Bad lane changes for sure, but the, the breaking through a change. You I haven't seen people. that too much. That must be a New York City thing. It's not. Just watch. It's, it's an everywhere thing. Watch people change lanes. Um, they're very bad at it. And, uh, and oftentimes they're changing fear. The solution to that is to always monitor your mirrors. Every three to five seconds, you should be mirror checking, which I don't think they teach enough or they really push enough. Mm -hmm. And if you're checking your mirrors enough, you know what's happening behind you. So you know when you can and when you cannot change lanes. And I always look over the shoulder, no matter what, no matter what oh, yeah. technology the car has, I always look over my shoulder because there could be a motorcycler be a bicyclist like be another car speeding up on you fast it's that's another good. thing you've had blind spot assistance in cars for about 10 years now so you got oh people that are getting God. a little complacent that's that grinds my gears the blind spot. <laughs> you know, i want to know what bicyclists you're finding on the highway that you're worried about like hitting... <laughs> you know not on the highway but you and i both know i don't know about david bicycling but you and i both know that we can get some pretty good speed on a bicycle even on acceleration off a green light. Yeah, the best I've been able to do is 45 down a hill, speed limit 70. <laughs> I, I want to know where these bicyclists are coming from and what their training regimen is. Well, yeah, but we, we get some pretty good speed on bicycles. And especially in South Carolina, people drive really, really slow. People drive, it's, it's a 100% true. People drive slower on Sundays. And the oh, reason yeah. is just people work on Sundays, right? So, when you gotta get to work, I pass. I, there's so no, I don't pass. I drive pretty reasonably these days, um, especially since I'm not driving a 911 anymore. I don't drive nearly as aggressively because I don't. I just can't. Um, but during the week, people pass me going to work. 
whiz around me. People are like fucking rushing to get to the office. Um, and I'm driving into Manhattan. So you'd be surprised the fucking measures that people take, like even in the fucking tunnels that, uh, that and I, I get this pretty easy in the car. I'm James, didn't you say you had a friend from uh, your study abroad who's from LA and the traffic is so bad that he would just constantly get off the highway, do the exit ramps and the entrance ramps and that would like save him. It's one better than that. What he would do <laughs> okay. is like the, the highway itself would be backed up. So every time that there was an exit ramp, he would take the exit ramp and then he would go the opposite way. Like, like the entrance ramp or whatever, he'd be going the wrong way on like the on ramp sometimes. <laughs> I don't know how that works, but you pray for no police. I'm a big fan of the. I'm a big fan of the of the radar detector. Um, which reminds me, uh, Valentine one. So if you if you guys are listening to us and you like to speed, or if you don't like doing the speed limit, what you need to do is buy a radar detector. I have never gotten a speeding ticket, and this is I got my first radar detector at 18. Um, you know we had a high school graduation party. My family threw me a high school graduation party and we invited family and friends. And a lot of people, I didn't know this was a thing, they gave, they gave money you know, for textbooks and things. And me having the foresight into good investments, obviously I didn't follow David into GameStop. At 18 years old, you I, I bought a radar detector. I blame Justin he said, for it not going up. He I said bought, good foresight. I bought a, a radar detector and I probably have saved more money in tickets, speeding tickets, than David had lost on GameStop. <laughs> uh, but I have saved, I, I, I could tell you I've saved a ton of money because I've gone from doing 110 miles an hour, 140 miles an hour, 70 miles an hour, whatever it is, back down to the speed limit because uh, it go, the radar detector goes off. And obviously, I wouldn't have slowed down if that shit didn't go off. And I, so there's two competing kind of front runners when it comes to radar detector technology. And that's Escort, the Escort Passport. Not a real Escort, but it's what I feel like both of those radar technology, like radar detectors, haven't been updated in 20 years. So get this, I'm getting there in a second because the major, major update. Um, And then Valentine One. The Valentine One radar detector, which after enough research, I went with the Valentine One. I uh, used to get a lot of car, you know, car and driver, road and track type magazines. Always Valentine One ads, always escort uh, passport ads, and the Valentine One just for whatever reason seemed more scientific to me. And uh, um, I bought a Valentine One. And I sold it when I sold the last 9-11, the first 9-11. I sold it because I was just pissed. I was like, I'm never going to have a car again. Fuck my life. Get rid of the radar detector. What do I need this for? And then when I got the, the new 9-11, I was like, fuck, this thing's fast. <laughs> I, I need a radar detector. So radar detector, I can tell you, never. And I got pulled over once doing, doing 70 and a 25. And he let me go. And the radar detector was on, but for whatever reason, it didn't go off. I don't think he actually clocked me, which is why it didn't go off. But I was in the... That's, that, that, that's the problem. They don't have to you know, radar you to see you're going 140 miles an hour. They just have to see you. 
Well, I mean, that's the thing about fast cars. Not everybody should drive fast. And you also have to have tires that aren't shit tires. Um, mm-hmm. you, you might as well be driving on ice. At, at, you, James and I used to drive so fast to go to Willard Mountain, this, this ski place that we, we used to ski at. Um, remember, we used to- we Yeah, in the 740. Yeah, we in the, in the Volvo <laughs> station wagon. Uh, the t- I think the max we hit was a buck twenty-two on. Uh, Probably in that uh, range, yeah. Yeah, that's concerning. Not not bad. Not an all-time high. Um, all right. That was a cool car, actually. Turbo rear-wheel drive wagon. Yeah, t- tur- yeah. Turbo was really the kicker with that car, and you could. So turbo is such a like we're going to look back in another 10 years and be like turbo is such a crap technology like it's 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 great for like top speeds and and like later acceleration but you hit that you hit the you pound down on the gas and you can count the three <laughs> before you feel turbo will kick in so well, i remember the time that you disconnected the turbo from the 740 and the top speed of the car went from 122 to seven yeah couldn't yeah. you not make it up farm to market <laughs> no I, I so no, so it was 278 so 278 I, sorry so i have so i think you know okay i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna lay some real life shit on you i was over the last four days we had the snowstorm coming i knew it was coming so i dove into some projects in the house <laughs> now <clears throat> Obviously, my circle of friends and my network, my circle of friends are relatively small, but all you guys are a little weird. If you listen to me, you know who you are, James, David. We're, we're all a little weird, all right? <clears throat> but think about my extended network as well. And I'm just doing shit that, like, I don't know that anybody else does, all right? I'm going to link this back into the car thing. But... You know, I painted so much of the house. I scraped down like fucking lead paint and shit. Um, that explains a lot. I yeah, dude. I I inhaled enough lead paint dust in the past. I I noticed the brain function decrease. I'm right? surprised the you didn't buy more GameStop. <laughs> yeah, the, chi- the the chips are a nutritious snack, uh, according yeah. to many people on Wall Street bets. But I uh, wash I, them I was, down with crayons. I was doing shit around the house that I'm thinking like. Most people, and by most, I mean, I know a lot of people, no one I know, maybe two people, like, have any idea what I'm doing. And, like, if I was like, hey, can you just do this? They wouldn't be able to do it unless they were hired professional. And then I'm looking into hiring people professionally, and I know that they can't do this stuff. You paint a house? Yes, but not, I mean, if I, yeah, if I sheetrocked the house and it was all fresh sheetrock and whatever, yeah, somebody could come in, they paint, and it would be okay. But uh, but this isn't a brand new house. And then I was out there shoveling, and I'm thinking like, no one shovels a 400 foot long driveway with two and a half feet of snow. Yeah, they're smart enough to have a snowblower. Smart, yeah, exactly. Fair enough. Talk about investments. Yeah. But also, I'm, I'll buy a snowblower at some point. I don't know a lot of people in in our age demographic that own homes. Um, and have to show it's just a, I don't know it's just a weird thing but there's just a lot of shit that like I don't not a lot of people around me can really relate and when it comes to like driving cars 
and having driven a car with no brakes for four to six months, you know better than I do, Jay. You have much better memory. For a, a for months, it was a long time. For months on end, that had no brakes, and James can attest to this. In the car, I can show. We've been, you know, we drive 30, 40 miles an hour. I slam my foot down, and it just hits the floor. And I pull the emergency brake and go, oh yeah. And the car continues. Yeah. When you pull the emergency brake, it just feels like somebody is gently blowing on the windshield. Like, yeah, you're getting some deceleration. You can detect it, but it's it's the slightest bit. Yeah. So, yeah it was it was it was pure engine braking. Yeah, and then we would just run over things and drive. until you got to first and drive. And oh, yeah, yep, first. There was no first gear, <laughs> and then there was no first gear, and then this car that also yeah didn't have a first gear. It you had to start it with a screwdriver, and at one point in time, so I drove it twice for extended periods of time with no brakes. One in the capital region around Albany, and a second time in South Carolina for a longer amount of time. And then there was at one point in time I was driving right after fixing the brakes that the front driver's side wheel flew off the car at 45, 50 miles an hour. Derek, you've heard this story, right? There's just, oh no, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> there's just shit that, and I don't. The thing is, I don't exaggerate this shit. Like it's just real. It's real shit. But there's just shit that kind of happens that I think like a lot of people just can't quite relate. Like, oh, I got a flat tire. Fuck you, you got well, a flat tire. Like, didn't you drive it with two different size tires on the rear axle for a long time? So, yeah, so, and it totally ruined the rear diff. <laughs> So I learned something very, uh, if you guys are listening, I'll share some very cool physics stuff with you. Um, I learned something very cool about trains. Um, trains don't have a differential. So the car that I had, this Jeep had a differential and I, I blew the tire out. So for about a year and a half, I probably longer, I drove around in the spare. Well, I had, as David indicated earlier, upgraded four of my four of my tires the spare tire was not the same size which means let me plug up this bottle of scotch and i got a beer here you guys are watching on video so you have one that is obviously larger than the others so this is the this is the spare tire these are my upgraded tires now they're tied together through the differential so bear in mind, the circumference around one tire, the larger tire, is greater than the circumference around the small tire, but they're tied together. So if I drive 10 feet forward, one of the wheels will have spun 10 feet, and there's a giant piece of metal, the differential, in the center of the axle that's holding these tires together, that's forcing the other one to effectively spin 10 feet as well but, but it's more because rotations it, because it's a smaller circumference it needs to rotate more however they're effectively tied together through the differential so it's well, no, the differential allows the wheels to rotate at different rates but it's really meant to be only like if you go through a turn and you go around the turn one tire is spinning more than the other because the radius is different so a differential is meant to handle small periods of time where the wheels are turning at different rates. It's not meant to be operating like that 100% of the time. Oh, so it's, like, it's like the e-brake. 
that's your break. The, the, the differential is going to even out because you know when I when I lift weights, I know that some some of the different brands of weights are slightly different weights, but I just figure over time, if I'm doing a little more on the left than I am on the right, you know, at some point in the future, I'm going to put that weight on the left or the right, whatever it even is up. When you're turning, you're going to take approximately as many right turns as you are left turns, and the differential is going to work itself out. But when you're getting on the highway every day for 18 months or 24 months, and these wheels are just spinning basically at different speeds, um, it's doing some major damage to this differential. So at a certain point in time, I had to get new tires, which you have to do when you have cars. I usually wait until there's pieces of metal, there's metal beating or whatever coming out of the tire. But um, I changed the tires. I had two brand new tires on there and they were the same size. However, that differential was fucked up. So what would happen after a while with the car is you'd be driving along and the car, you'd be and the car would just pop and be driving along. Another well, it would build up tension. It like it would start to pull to the left <laughs> And so like you'd be fighting it and you'd be fighting it. And then the differential would like catch a seal or whatever. And then it would all of a sudden pop back to straight. And then again, it's just drift, 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 pop back. All right, drift. And this would happen about every 10 to 15 seconds. Yeah, you, you could feel the tension build and then and then the car would just pop back. So let me share with you about the train, the, the train wheels because this is pretty cool. So trains don't actually have a differential. However, trains- I need a refill. I'll be right back. Trains take uh, take turns, and what what I learned was that the train wheels, and this is pretty cool, be, um, are not perfectly circular. They're almost no, they're inclined a little bit. They're inclined exactly. So what happens is when you take a turn, you're going this way, and you're basically because it's um, it's inclined. As the train shifts outwards, there's a greater portion, right? Do I have this yeah, no, right? it's a continually variable radius on the uh, the train wheels. Is they they shift up, and you'll have a up. smaller turn. James will be able to contextualize this much better than I can. We're on a podcast. I would be drawing it on paper, but James can explain it by words much better than I can. Sorry, go ahead. Well, yeah. So you've got these two wheels that both want to rotate. And when you go into a turn, the one will go up and have the larger circumference on the outside and the shorter one will go on the inside. And just because they're inclined and the wheel has basically infinitely number small radiuses, it can take a turn at pretty much any angle as long as like the train doesn't tip over from the speed of the turn. So you don't need to have a differential because the wheels are basically the continually variable portion of it. Whereas... Yeah. I, I literally just learned this. Um, and I think that's like, that's, that makes me think that it, back in the sixties or seventies, whenever we were going to space and the United States, the United States spent millions developing this pilot pen, which can write in zero gravity. And we, you know, we went through, you know, all this uh, technical development to make this pilot pen so that we could write things down and record things in space because not everything was stored in a hard drive type back in that point in time. A lot of it was written down. 
And the Russians, rather than spend millions and millions of dollars developing something that can write in outer space, because obviously a pen, if you've ever tried writing upside down with a pen, or even writing against a wall, the pen runs out of ink because gravity is not pushing that ink down into the tip of the pen. The Russians just use the pencil. So that this is a couple actually wrong. wrong there. Yeah, lots of things wrong there. But, but you, see where I'm, you see where I'm going with this. This is a really popular story, and it's not true. <laughs> Fucking A, <man>. Anyway, <laughs> it's not gravity. It's capillary action, and that doesn't change with zero gravity. And but, with a pencil, you have graphite filings, which fuck up electronics, which you don't want on something that has less processing power than my Casio calculator. Yeah, so like the Russians thought about using a pencil and then quickly realized that having graphite dust or graphite particles floating around in the airspace of an extremely sensitive ba like bay of electronics might not be the best idea. So the Seeing Russians actually developed the pen. Yeah. Graphite it's is a, a really popular story because it makes the Russians look smart and the Americans look stupid for us over-engineering stuff. <laughs> but there was actually a really good reason why we spent the time to develop a space pen that had a pressurized cartridge so that the ink would always write because, yeah, Graphite interferes really hard with anything electronic because it's a great conductor. Okay. So you destroyed that for me. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Um, on that note, here to help. We, we've run a little bit over. Um, <laughs> I, on that note, I'm done. I got I'm taking my else, podcast man. and going home. I didn't, I didn't, I, I didn't want to get too deep with it. With the, all I wanted to share was like just fucking shit that happens to me. You know that like I just feel like a lot of people just if they don't they don't even believe it's fucking real shit. You know I don't think anybody would believe that I, that I fucking shovel this driveway, which is like longer than the fucking football field. Uh, could have used the pencil. I could have used the pencil. The Russians would have used the pencil. On the contrary. Um, but I guess what I think what you're really saying is that most people don't come up with like terrible ideas and they get disproven on it publicly. Well, I like to execute on the idea first. I, why did you bring me on? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was the point. We brought you on so you could share how much you lost in in the stocks. And well, uh, my, my closing thought on that is lost my ass on that but got a great education. James has been really great as a resource. And I turned some of the stupid positions I took and did some covered uh, selling on them and was able to make enough money back in premium to wipe out some of my losses already. So bad day yesterday, but you stumble, get back up. If I just sell and lose, then that's money down the drain. But I'm confident that in six months, I can turn this around and get back to where I was. I'm not six worried about months? it. You well, have to play the long game. I, I had a pep talk with him last night about look, this. Look, I could try to get it back in two weeks and get myself even deeper in the shit where I can play safe calls that get me $100 every week, $200 every week. Do that. Use the volume that I have at my disposal for my 401ks I'm transferring over. Not lose my ass. And in a couple months, I mean, would you say no in six months to me giving you $5,000? So if you I think the safer, I think the safer bet would be to cash on the stocks, David. You go down to the casino. This is this is completely separate from those stocks. This is outside of the GameStop stocks. These are stocks that I have through other companies that you're I'm currently using to get gains on to wipe out those losses. You're not listening. You have a car. Yeah. All right. You get you're gonna li liquidate everything. All right. All cash. All right. You're gonna get in the car. You're gonna fill up. 
on a credit card, not with the cash. We need this cash, all right? You're going to drive out to Las Vegas because you're closer than we are, all right? You're going to put it all on there. And just see what happens, man. That's the and color of my portfolio. It's my lucky color. If you win, you win. And if you don't win, well, it wasn't meant to be. And you took a risk that a lot of people say, say they couldn't have taken. And I think really, I think red is the, is the way forward. So I think, first of all. <laughs> I just remembered something about somebody's college fund. <laughs> um, oh, oh my God. Hold on, I got to retell this story. Without naming, without naming anyone, please. Okay. A, a, a certain please. friend of ours at high school, actually this was college now. I believe this is going into sophomore year. And he needed to make tuition. And it was maybe, he was about 1500 maybe $2,000 short. So he had about how much? Huh? Which meant he had about how much? I don't know. I don't know. But um, if, for those of you who, who aren't familiar with the geography of upstate New York and Albany, there's a town called Saratoga that has a famous <laughs> horse racing track. And it runs from like mid-July until like early September or so roughly, or maybe like mid June to like late August, but whatever the case, middle of the summer, then it's a really big draw. And he researched a particular race that offered a superfecta. So if you want to talk about horse racing, you can have like, just like a win place show where you bet on one single horse to either come in first, second or third. And then you can have an exacta, which is getting two horses, or you can have a trifecta, which is getting three horses, or you can have a superfecta where you get four horses. So a superfecta would be you have to get the horses in a row. So number one, number two, number three, number four, correct. Now you can box those bets. So that way you can get those four horses and they can place in any order. And it costs twice as much. And so he looked at this and it was like a 23 wide horse race. He said, they're often a superfecta on this one. Like superfectas pay out at least like, 70 to 150 to one i just need to do a couple box superfectas on this and you know what like there i got my tuition covered and he says you want to go up to the track today i said sure so <laughs> i brought about 70 or maybe maybe 80 bucks which at the time was a lot of money for me first of all first of all okay, let's define where we are from okay i remember being being and we're not old Okay, and the economy hasn't changed. I remember being a kid when ten dollars could basically give you like three quarters of a tank of gas. I also remember being on a lake and your and your father offering to pay for gas, and it was like a dollar twenty-five, and him being like, "That's a ripoff. We'll just get it on land. Like, you know, I'll, I'll buy the gas on land or something." Yeah, well, he's not Jewish. He's he's not he's not the Jew in the family. But no, he yeah, and your father learns. Yeah, your father was very generous. We went on the boat, and he's like, he's like, I'll take care of the gas, uh, but not for that price. Yeah, I'll I'll buy you guys a, a boat full of gas, tank full of gas, but that's an obnoxious price. And the price was like a dollar twenty-five. Yeah, we're we're generous. We just don't want to overpay. We're happy yeah. to be generous, but we're not going to pay uh, but, but, more than we need to. So. But it was. But it was a different. But it was a different time. Yeah, this would have been back in two thousand five or two thousand six. A twenty dollars in our area in that economy would have been a night out. A hundred dollars, on the other hand, would have like if we used to get a hundred dollars to do like do like a two week camp, right? Oh yeah, yeah. rough yeah. riders. It was, yep. it was two, two weeks. Bucks, two weeks worth of work, and we thought that was great. At sixteen was... year, at sixteen years old. 
we were working for two weeks for a hundred dollars. I, yeah, I think that puts things into, and we were, and it was work. I think that puts things into perspective. We would work for two All weeks right. for a hundred dollars. Yeah. So I All bring right. 70 bucks. He brings 200. And the, the idea is he's going to put like, he's going to spread the first hundred out over a couple different races just to make a little bit of money. And then he's going to put like the other hundred dollars on this super effect. And he's going to run a couple different combinations or whatever. So I'm just doing like two and $5 bets on every single race. And I don't win any of them. I'm down about 30 bucks or whatever. And I'm like, I don't care. The super effector race comes and wouldn't you know it, it doesn't work. So he's got about, he's got $0 left. He goes to the ATM, clears out the rest of his bank account for like 50 or $60. And at the Saratoga. I, I, I remember, I'm, I'm pretty sure there was a lot more money involved. There might have been, I don't know, but I'm we, pretty sure he I'm clears pretty out sure there's his, a lot more money. Maybe he takes out another 200. The numbers don't really matter, but he the clears number, out his the bank. The number account. was the equivalent of what he had for his tuition. Um, not quite. He needed to make some money because that was how he was going to cover his tuition. Yes, and, and in he, his mind, this was a genius plan that couldn't fail. The so, there's there's come. one number that there's one number that matters here, and what he ended up at. So continue. Yeah. So. We, the, the horse races are pretty much over and he's lost. He's like, oh man, I don't really know what I got to do. And there was this video lottery terminal, which is kind of like video poker and slots and stuff that was maybe a quarter mile away from the racetrack. He says, you want to go play the VLTs? I said, you know what? Fuck it. Like I'm down 30 bucks. I don't care. And Dude, now, like, I like, I like horror movies. The more drama, the better. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, you know what? Let, let's, let's pay it for gas. Yeah. <laughs> And so I go there and I'm just playing like dollar bets on every single one. And I hit like a four of a kind to make like 40 bucks back. So now I'm positive for the day. And he just proceeds to piss away whatever money he withdrew from the ATM. So now he has $0. And on the ride back home, he's just, he's dumbfounded that this plan didn't work. It's not that like he was like, yeah, man, this is like, this is a good chance. Like, but I could fail. This was a surefire thing that he was going to cash in on, and so, he could not wrap his mind around the fact that he lost all of his money on this. Look, I, I wish I could get back to a simpler time of simpler money when having $80 was the equivalent today of having 25 grand. Like, legitimately, I can tell you the mentality of somebody who's, who's got 25 grand just in cash, like in, in, in an envelope versus the mentality of me being 17 and having $80. You'd probably be more frugal with it. Yeah. No, no, not at all. Same mentality. $80. I I could spend 15 on lunch today. I could go out to dinner and, and get and get a burger and three beers. Right. And and you know, like it's the it's 25 grand now versus $80 then. Same same exact thing. But $80 back then was $80. There was no credit cards. There was no loans. There was no mortgage. There was no um, vehicle loan. Whereas now, 25 grand in cash still means 80 grand in, in credit cards or, or, you know, mortgage loans and vehicle loans. Like it, it's not 25 grand now. It's not 25 grand. It's not 80, it's not even 80, 80 bucks. I'm laughing because I've got a story in my mind of another episode in Saratoga 
that involves a Pringles can. I tell the story. Should we uh, should we save that for for next time? I don't know. The mood feels right. Do you remember this story? Uh, all right, but real, real, real quick, real quick we're, gonna, we're gonna we're gonna share the little we're gonna share the little story, and then and then we're out. And this is again that I and I'm getting back into the environmental thing. Trust me on this. I'm I'm gonna I'm pursuing solar power and, and futuristic. Uh, stuff so so just hang in there we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get into some future technology pretty soon but i got you, some stocks i can sell you, <laughs> you james share the, share the litter story and uh and let, let's wrap okay so there's more to this story because the entire day is a story in and of itself this is towards the ends of the day so five of us from high school drive up to saratoga for the day to do whatever the hell we wanted to do in saratoga and there were events in the morning that happened. We're fast forwarding to later on in the afternoon. There's two cars. I'm driving one of them with two of my friends from high school. Justin's driving the other one with, can I say the name? No. I, uh, okay. Uh, with what, with the, the same person who gambled everything at the track and lost. He's in the passenger seat of Justin's car. Justin's in front of me. We're on a four lane highway. That's a 45 mile an hour speed limit. I'm keeping my distance, you know, just driving safe or whatever. We're doing about the speed limit and I'm just driving and I'm talking with my two friends that are in the car and I see Justin and so-and-so talking in the car in front of me. And I see the following exchange happen. I don't know what was said, but I remember so-and-so like taps Justin on the shoulder, makes a gesture, Justin hands him and I don't have a Pringles can in front of me. So I'm going to use this shoe. He hands the Pringles can over to the passenger seat. I see the window for the passenger side roll down, and I see so and so squeeze the top. Yeah, so so the out of the window. Passenger reached out of the window and squeezed the Pringles can, which at 60, 80 miles an hour, the top popped off of the Pringles can. It goes flying of course, off to like never of course the driver noticed. Yeah. So now Justin taps so and so on the shoulder, gesturing, "Give me the Pringles can back." <laughs> so now Justin has the Pringles can, and as he's driving, just starts wailing on him. <laughs> and every single time he's doing this, the car is swerving over three lanes. Pringles, Pringles. Are flying all over the passenger compartment. <laughs> Either way, the more. <laughs> The moral of the story is don't litter. That's all. Um, thank you guys for joining us, episode 73. I know we were a bit long-winded. Um, we just want to share some good stories. We're lucky enough to have James' brother all the way from driving distance to Las Vegas uh, over here. So thank you, David Boswell, for joining us. Thanks for having me. This concludes episode 73 of Sip Talk, and we will catch you tomorrow night if you're watching us live we'll catch you tomorrow night for a follow-up episode let's do and, politics uh, we'll be talking about politics current politics so we'll see you guys soon thank you adios guys good night cheers yeah, that concludes episode 73 uh, again feeling much better um and i've had a lot less snow to deal with so i'm feeling very refreshed uh, but either way i wanted to thank you again for listening and watching and if you don't already, please, please, please subscribe and rate this podcast. I will greatly appreciate that. See you.
Yeah, I like PBR. I just got priced out of it.